It's great to see you all. Um, welcome to Jubilee Church. My name's Phil. I'm part of the um, wonderful leadership team at Jubilee. And I say they're wonderful because um, I get to work with some amazing um, people and um, it's just great to be, um, to be on team. And we're in a series um, looking at um, life in the spirit. I had to remind myself by looking at the thing. Did you see that? I'd already forgotten. I'm like, you know, I'm like the goldfish. You know, that second time around the ball, I've forgotten where I am. You know, I'm like, uh -huh. so I'm, I'm glad I've got some notes because otherwise I'd be going completely off piste, you know, um, and getting myself into all sorts of trouble. I do want to, I do want to start off by um, saying that um, my expectation today is like, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to teach God's word. In fact, I've got more scriptures to throw at you than, than you could possibly imagine. But I'm not going to use them all. Um, but um, one of the things I love about Jubilee is that we are, um, we are people of the book, we're people of the, of the Word of God, that we, we take the Word of God really seriously, but we're also people of the Spirit. And we, we have to hold both of those things. You know, we, we have to have both of those things. I don't know if you've ever had Weetabix without milk. It's a bit like that. It's a bit dry, isn't it? You know, it's a bit too much like hamster food. And so the Holy Spirit um, comes and brings that life and that water and that, that um, power um, in our lives. You know, I'm amazed at what the Holy Spirit has done in me. I, I was such a broken vessel that over 30 years this year, following Jesus has, has, has made such a difference in my life. And I know that if he can do it for me, he can do it for each one of us here, each one of you. So in this scripture that, we, that, um, that we've just had read to us, um, Luke 11, we're going we're gonna to start there. And today's message is about being filled with the Spirit. And Jesus is um, teaching on prayer. And he, after he's, he's taught on prayer, he's, he's doing this ask, seek, and knock. And he's, he, says to, he says that everyone who asks receives. So just say that a minute. Everybody who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives, yeah. And then he goes on to qualify it. He goes on to, to um, add the story to it so that we get a bigger picture of, of what he is like and, and how much God wants to give us. And he says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? You know, we, we know when our kids come and ask for stuff, Right, that we, we're able to, to respond and give them good things. And, you know, our kids may never have come and asked us for a fish. But, you know, you get the idea. Or if our, our, our kids come and ask for an egg, we're not going to give them a scorpion. In other words, um, if they ask for something good, we're not going to give them something bad. When, 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 as parents, when our kids come and ask us for something good, then we're not going to return it by giving them something bad, or we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to do that, parents. Right? That's, that's you know, we, we, there's like a right way of doing things and a wrong way of doing things. And we know that, don't we? We all know, really. And the world knows out there as well, of course. Although some people get it wrong. And then he says this in verse 13. This is the key. If then, though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's like if, if, if we, in our limited goodness, right, are able to give good things to our children, how much more will this perfect, um, amazing Heavenly Father give 
of himself, the Holy Spirit, to those who ask him. And at the end, there's an exclamation mark. Those who are following in the Bible, you can see that exclamation mark. And do you know what an exclamation mark is? Yeah, it's a, it's a shriek, isn't it? It's like, a, um, it's like emphasizing with emotional strength the statement that's been made. Jesus is emphasizing with emotional strength the statement that has been made, how much more will my Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? That's why, so standing on that scripture, that's why when at the end I ask for the Holy Spirit to come, which I'm going to do, I know that he will come. I, know, I, don't, I don't have any, any, any doubt in my mind at all about that statement because I know um, that God's word is true. I know from experience as I've, as I've done that throughout my like, Christian life that as I've asked for the Holy Spirit to come, right, God comes because his word is true. And if you've not got that confidence this morning, I'd, I'd love it if that we could go out with, with that confidence in who God is and what God can do. Um, I don't know if, La is Lauren here today? Lauren, not you, Lauren, you're the Lauren. The Lauren's spelled differently. I don't think she is. Um, anybody on my table from Alpha here? That was around, no, there isn't actually, well. So on, on Wednesday at Alpha, there was a lady there and um, she, she kind of like said, well, I, I believe in God, um, but I've never ever experienced God. Now, we don't normally like do this kind of stuff on the fourth week, but I was kind of like, I thought, oh, well, let's go for it. <laughs> so I said to Lauren, who was a new believer, I said, Lauren, just slap hands on this lady and let's just pray for the Holy Spirit to come. And she prayed, come Holy Spirit. And guess what happened? <laughs> yeah, that's right God's spirit turned up and she experienced the Holy Spirit for the first time and that's you see that's the confidence we have in God God is a good God and he wants to pour out his spirit on us all what's your experience of the Holy Spirit and I'm speaking obviously to each one of you what is your experience of the Holy Spirit see the Holy Spirit is um for all believers, he indwells, he's, he's in your life. He, you know, when you said yes to Jesus, he came in and made a home in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? You are a temple. When Jesus died on the cross, up to that point, God lived in a temple. He lived in the Holy of Holies, his presence he didn't live there, but his presence was there on earth in, in, the, in the Holy of Holies. And when Jesus cried out in a loud voice, it is finished. It says that the temple curtain tore from top to bottom. It was about five inches thick, straight down. And that signified that now God was no longer in that Holy of Holies. He was out. And rocks split and dead people came back to life and the kingdom came and it all kicked off because God's spirit was now out. And the Bible tells us that when you, um, that we are now the temples. So we're all temples. You know, you're running around Hull and you're all like temples. 
of God's spirit. And if you multiply that through the church, through the whole of the world and through all of the ages, there's been a lot of temples and there are a lot of temples and we carry our, as we walk through our lives, we carry God's spirit with us. In Alpha, we teach that it's a bit like a water heater. Have you ever had one of those water heaters where um, there's like a pilot light? Yeah? And um, you know that it's on because you look in the little glass thing, don't you, to see, and the pilot light's there, and when you, when you turn the tap, it goes, <laughs> and the gas switches on, and it heats the water, and it comes out. Yeah? You got one of those? Yeah? And that's a little bit what it's like with the Holy Spirit. You know, we, the pilot light is on. But that doesn't mean that you're full. It just means that the pilot light is on. There's the potential for the fullness and for the power. But you've maybe not received the full power yet. And so that's really important to, to understand that um, we all have that pilot light. So how do you know if you've received the Holy Spirit or not? What's the, what's the evidence that you've received the Holy Spirit or not? Our Pentecostal friends will tell us that um, you begin to speak in tongues. Um, I don't personally believe that. I don't think everybody who's full of the Holy Spirit speaks in tongues because I know people that are full of the Holy Spirit that don't speak in tongues. You know, if, if, there, are, if there are nine gifts, then we, you know, we, we don't get to have them all. But what is, it, what is it about being full of the Holy Spirit? What is it about receiving the Holy Spirit that we can point to as a test? 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, Therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So you, you, you can't proclaim things with your mouth. You can't, you can't say Jesus be cursed if you, if you follow the Holy Spirit. And you can't say Jesus is Lord and really mean it except by the Holy Spirit. That's a, that's a thing that God has put inside of you. And, and also, we will do what the Spirit desires. What does the Spirit desire? Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh... This is Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according, in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So what does the Holy Spirit desire? The Holy Spirit desires that Jesus will be glorified. That Jesus will be lifted up. That we're constantly lifting up Jesus. That we're not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. That we don't keep it quiet. We're not like closet Christians that hide away. And, um, you know, we, we, we hide away our faith and we, we keep it secret. You know, we're secret, undercover um, Christians that, that benefit no one. That's not the Christianity that we're called to live for. We're called to lift up Jesus. John 16 says... Uh, 13 and 14, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it's from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So the, the sign is that you, that you glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit desires sin in our lives is dealt with. Sin dealt with is a difference from sin managed. Sin dealt with, addictions, sin, brokenness dealt with, not managed, not put into some kind of regime where you can just about manage it, where you can just about manage not to do that. No, the Holy Spirit comes in to break bondages, to set free, to give us new life, not managing, 
not counselling. You know, anybody that's met with me, I'm, I'm absolutely rubbish. At can I, I can't counsel anything. I can't even counsel myself. I give myself a talking to sometimes in the mirror when I'm brushing my teeth and I'm, I'm, just, I'm useless at that. I can't do that, but I can point you to Jesus. I can point you to Jesus because I'm, you know, I, I know him. But when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, speaking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and convicts us. When I do stuff wrong, what, you mean you do stuff wrong? You work for the church? Yes, I do stuff wrong. Like, all the time. I'm always getting it wrong. I'm always saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. Right? And the Holy Spirit is really gracious with me and kind to me and says, Phil, your attitude stinks. He speaks to me in whole accent, by the way. <laughs> right? Your attitude stinks. You know, your, your, um, your thinking on this is so wrong. Your attitude to that person is wrong. Go and, go and apologize. Or when you did that, um, you know, when you lost your temper in the car the other day when somebody cut you up, you know, do you think you should be doing that? Well, he's absolutely right, isn't he? You know, and, like, and so I'm like, oh, you know what? Thank you, God, for pointing that out, and I'm sorry. Keeping short accounts with God is a sign of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit desires that people are loved and cared for. In our culture, right, it's so difficult these days because people think that if you've got a different opinion to them, that you can't possibly love them. And we've got to, as a church, we've got to show people that you can have a different opinion and a different take on things and yet still love. Yeah. It's so important. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. The Holy Spirit fills us with God's love so that we can love others and care for others around us. And the Holy Spirit desires that, the, that others would come to know Jesus. John 15, 26, the work of the Holy Spirit. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And Acts 1, 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We need more power. We need more power. I love it in Malawi when they sing that song. Give me power, Lord Jesus. Give me power, Lord Jesus. Give me power every hour. Give me power, Lord Jesus. And then it's repeated for the next half an hour. <laughs> but I love it. That's what we need, power. Last week in prison, it was great that um, young Luke here, there was two Lukes, the two Lukes there, the guys, they came into prison with us and John and David there. And um, it was great and we saw we saw people responding to the gospel, you know? And like on the street last week, when we were on the street, we saw, you know, people being ministered to and prayed for and receiving salvation and, and, and hearing the truth. And it was just so wonderful to see that. And um, before we go out, what do we pray? We pray, God, would you fill us with your spirit that it might not rest on our ability, but it might rest on your ability, that it might not be us that do it, but it might be you that does it through us. 
when the Holy Spirit was first poured out, what, what did that look like? What was it like on the first day? Because Jesus said, go and wait in Jerusalem for my Holy Spirit. And he said, go and wait, and then I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and, and the power is going to come, and, you, and, and, it's gonna, and, and, and you're going to be different because of the Holy Spirit. He's going to come, and he's going to fill you, and he's going to equip you. So what did it look like? Acts 2, 1 to 13. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And what happened? People made fun of them. They said, you lot have smashed out your heads. You're off on one. You're drunk. You know, you're dirty drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. Yeah, you're drunk. And the thing is, is that when the Holy Spirit comes, there's like, there is like an intoxication. But it's not an intoxication without control. It's not, it's not drunk like the world drunk. It's not that kind of drunk. It's intoxication without, without the um, losing of control. But it is intoxicating. Who's ever been intoxicated by the Holy Spirit? I've been really drunk. Like, I've been like falling around, you know, like giddy, you know. It's like when you fall in love for the first time, isn't it? You know what that, you know, and your heart starts beating and you just feel completely, morning in. Um, you know, it's like, it's just wonderful, isn't it? It's absolutely wonderful, you know, that the Holy Spirit comes and fills you. Acts 4.31, and after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Wherever the Holy Spirit was poured out and wherever God did things, um, there, was this, there were signs accompanying the fullness of the Holy Spirit. There's not, never, a, never a blandness, never a, a moment where the Holy Spirit is poured out and, and something exciting doesn't happen and our faith is supposed to be the most exciting thing that keeps us coming back for more and for more and Paul writes um, do not get drunk on wine in, in Ephesians 5.18 do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit and he's contrasting this intoxication with, that you get from drinking too much that leads you out of control with an intoxication where you're full of the Holy Spirit and where, where, where God is doing something in you. Why is, why is that important? Why is it important that we, we have those moments of experiencing God's power and God's love why is that important? Well, life is tough. Have you discovered that? Life is tough, but God is good. Life is hard, but God is good. Matthew 3, 11, I baptize you with water, says John the Baptist, for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, speaking about Jesus whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit 
and with fire. And there's a sense in which we need to be um, continually filled with the Holy Spirit, that we, we, we leak and we need to be, the, the filling needs to be ongoing. There's a brilliant story um, in um, 2 Kings 4, which I didn't give Natalie out of the many um, hundreds of scriptures I gave her to write down. And um, it's about a widow. And she comes to Elisha and she says, your servant, my husband is dead, but you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few, and then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour the oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. And she brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring, and all the jars were full. And she said to her son, bring me, more, bring me another. But he replied, there is not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. As long as we keep coming to God and asking God to fill us, he will fill us. As long as we keep coming to God and saying, God, will you fill me up? He will keep pouring. And oil represents the Holy Spirit. He will keep pouring into your life. He wants to keep pouring into your life. Whatever illness, whatever struggle, whatever brokenness, whatever is happening is nothing compared to God. He is able. And you might not have yet got there. You might be in the place where your breakthrough has not yet come, but don't give up. God's Spirit is able. He's able to come. We need to be filled so that we can um, stand for Jesus. We need to be filled so our faith is not boring and, and, and ineffective, so that we can live out the words of the Scriptures, so that we can see in our time and in our days things move, that the kingdom of God would come. In Jude it says, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and great joy, to the one, to the only God our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. He's able to keep you from falling. He's able to help you in your need. But we need his fullness. We need his fullness. We need the fullness of God. We've got to keep coming to God and asking him to fill us. We leak. Some people teach um, baptism in the spirit that, yes, Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell upon him. And, yeah, that's, that's legitimate. I, I remember going into a, a Pentecostal church in Bern when I first got saved. And I was living in Switzerland and we'd been to Bern and we went into this meeting and they were all... Um, singing in tongues and all sorts of, and I, I got a clue what they're on about. I mean, I was, I'm like, you know, just got saved, and um, but I remember the Holy Spirit falling on me, and having it having such an impact on my life that I received the Holy Spirit and things began to change. Two Corinthians um, verse four says this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power. Is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. 
persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. We're hard pressed on every side but not crushed. Life is tough. You know, life is tough. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us live for Jesus. Now, you might be wondering what these cans are for. But if I try to crush this, it's not going to crush. It's full. When we're full, how did, how did St. Paul manage to spend days and nights in the open sea, be flogged that many times and go through all that he went through and, and come out the other side? It can only be God in his life. But when we, when we live empty, Things come against us and we get crushed. We fall apart because we're relying on our own strength and not on God's. We need to trust in God's power. It's not about us and our clever methods and our ways of doing things. It's about God's power. If then though you are evil, you know to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. You know, I, I want to be like this when stuff comes against me. I want to be able to stand and not be buckled. And yes, it's hard. Sometimes it's really hard. Life is hard, but God is good. That's, that's just the truth, guys. That's just the truth. We, we know that, don't we? We know that, but we sometimes, I don't know, do we, do we embrace a different gospel that says come to Jesus and everything will be gone and it will all be wonderful and you'll never have problems again in your life. It's not reality, is it? But we know that as we face trials of many kinds, we go through it with Jesus. That his spirit fills us and gives us the strength and out of that strength and out of that power, we then minister to one another. We then go to the poor and the broken and the sick and the dying and the addicted. We go to the nations with the gospel. We see transformation in our own lives through the Holy Spirit. And we see transformation in the, in the nations of the earth. We see fruit, don't we? We see fruit in our lives. In, in other words, good things being built into our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit that's working, who is working in us. He is always working in us to bring glory to his son and to develop in us the character of Christ, the love of Christ. That's what it's about, isn't it? But without the Holy Spirit, it's very dry. It's very dry, very empty. So we need him, don't we? Have you ever received the Holy Spirit? Have you ever been filled with the Holy Spirit? Where, where are you on the gas tank? It's like in your car, you know, don't you? Because you've got a, a gauge. It's like, where are you? With, if, 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 your, if your life um, had a Holy Spirit indicator, whereabouts are you right now? Whether you feel full or empty, there's always room for more of God in your life. 
and that, and that excess may spill out into the streets of Hull and the surrounding villages. And may we go and, and take the gospel into all the earth. 